Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. And we are going to continue to talk about all those things as we go ahead and welcome in our guy, Steve Sullivan. Bo Whittle! Bo! Bo! He's a Friday night touchdown star all the way to the end zone to make it 20 to 6. Steve Sullivan on Out of Bounds is brought to you by Double B's. It's where you gas it, grab it, and go. It's Double B's. Let's go to the Jones and Son Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline and welcome in Steve Sullivan of KATV. What is going on, my man? Nothing much. How you guys doing there? Oh, doing great. Yeah. Having a great time at Twin Peaks. Yeah, it's always uh, good to catch up with you on Fridays, especially when we're here at Twin Peaks. So uh, it's definitely a lot of fun, Sully. And I know we got a lot of things that we want to ask you about, specifically dealing with Arkansas, because you know we've talked about. It. I know you've seen all the results of everything from the SEC media days as far as projections. And we'll start with the order of finish. Arkansas picked a third in the SEC West. Did that surprise you, or does that sound about right for the Razorbacks? It sounds about right for SEC media days, but here I, you get greedy. I mean, we even picked for last the last two years or three years, who knows how many years in a row. But, but I, I thought they should have been the second pick in the West just by who's coming back, who you got a quarterback, what you did last year. You know, I, I would put them in second. I'd put them ahead of A&M. I know A&M has recruited well, but they seem to never look any better than us on the field when we meet them in Jerry's world, you know? Overall, uh, any surprises to you for uh, order of finish, whether, and you're looking at the East and the West, what do you think? You know, and I'm so hyper about looking at the West and not the East. You know, the East is a little more of a, uh, a crapshoot there beyond Georgia. You know, is Kentucky that, that good? You know, and if South Carolina's made some noise. They were kind of loud at SEC media days, and he was trying to, I think, convince everyone that they had arrived. And it'll be interesting to see it all, how it all sorts out. We, we well know that it, it normally doesn't uh, end like they predict it's going to be, you know, in, in the media or even the coaches. It's so hard to predict what's going to happen. There's so many 50-50 games in the SEC and their injuries and uh, things happen, but it's good fodder to talk about. I love having at least two first-team hogs. And I like the fact that K.J. Jefferson isn't on the first three teams because this is further motivation for him to prove his haters wrong. Well, Sully, you brought it up, and I know we discussed it too. Do you think, you say you like it, but do you think he deserved to be one of the top three quarterbacks selected in the All-SEC team? Yeah, I think if you had the defensive coordinators choose, he'd be almost the first or second choice because, you know, he is such an imposing runner. And, and that adds such a different element. I mean, he can go between the tackles and he can run 50 yards on. And for defense, have to account for him on every down. Uh, I mean, that's a, a defensive coordinator's nightmare. And, um, you know, Will Levis, and I don't know. You know, I, I just think it's, uh, you know, it's a little disrespect in a way to K.J. Jefferson. And um, uh, I hope he takes it that way. And, uh, you know, the, the one thing I mentioned last week, I worry about complacency, but, you know, he's going to see that. He's got an ego, and uh, he, he probably thinks he's better than, you know, all three of them. And 
and he's you know he's, he's he didn't even get I guess they don't even have honorable mention I guess so they just do the, in the preseason they just do the three teams but I I I wasn't surprised though and it's uh you know when you're when you're Arkansas right now outside of Sam Pittman you don't get a lot of love but I do like the fact that Catalan still has the respect of the media they remember him even though he sat out last year basically the whole year and he's he's a first team guy this year which is kind of surprising to me. Any players from Arkansas you think, besides KJ, that were left off or didn't get enough love overall? No, and it's it's hard to it's hard to measure the portal guys when they come in. Um, and uh, I, I wasn't really shocked. I thought the guys, I you know Brady Lathan, I, I you know I, I was a little surprised the media uh, actually voted him to one of the teams. And you know they, I guess they're looking. I mean, how many guys really study offensive linemen? down there in media days and uh I, I could see our you know our centers the you know one of the best in the country and uh, you know he could have gone to media day he's one of the guys that could have gone to media day that didn't it's good to see him be first team and uh not anybody that i saw was a glaring oversight i thought i thought kj jefferson was the guy that you know um man he had such a good season and he's such a uh, a dominating physical presence that and, you know, he's got a great upside. But I, I thought, you know, he he might sneak in at second or third team, but not shocked that he's not. But, you know, hey, it's further motivation and ammo for him to prove people wrong. Vasily, obviously Arkansas has four guys selected of uh, the top three teams in the SEC. So my question is, since they had four preseason, how many do you think they end up postseason-wise as far as all SEC players? Yeah, that'll be fun to see. You know, you're trying to look for guys that may possibly pop and have that have that great season. And um, I just don't know who's out there. You know, if one of those, you know, I don't think we're going to be a team that's going to be such a high volume of throwing team that you know one of our receivers might pop up. Um, you know, if that offensive line is really good, are you going to get three guys? I doubt it. You know, it's uh it's hard to pick. I mean, it's hard to find someone you think is going to pop, you know, unless someone, one of those guys that uh, transfers in the secondary is that good. The kid from Georgia, Freeney. Um, I don't know, you know, and uh, Cam Little had an incredible year last year. What if he, you know, goes bonkers again this year? Well, yeah, he was a little bit of a surprise, I say, because, again, three guys that are better than Cam Little in the SEC, I have a hard time believing. But also, I thought it was interesting, so he, you know about Arkansas, who led the SEC in rushing last year, yet none of the players that were on the team from last year that were big and pivotal in that rushing were mentioned in all SEC. I wonder how many times that ended up happening. Yeah, the problem we have, we had too much balance in the backfield. You know, KJ eats up some of the carries, and then you're sharing carries with uh, Rocket Sanders and Dominique Johnson, and both those guys, if you were to make them the guy. Uh, could potentially be on one of the first three teams, but it's 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 hard to be the guy at Arkansas carrying the ball because, you know, they seem to want to do it by committee and want to do the hot back, and then KJ is going to get his carries too, so it it makes it hard for a running back. And I think we have all SEC quality tailbacks, but it's going to be hard in Arkansas system, I think, to get those kind of honors. Well, speaking of it being hard to evaluate offensive linemen. A guy that we are high on and the SEC is high on is Ricky Stromberg. And he is, uh, they voted him as the best center in the SEC. 
and we feel like he is the best center in the SEC. Yeah, it's great to have a guy like that on your on your offensive line. I mean, a guy that's so solid and been so good and been durable. Um, you know, he's just uh, you know he's the quarterback on the line. He makes the calls. I think he's invaluable to have a guy like that, and to have him back this year is great. And uh, uh, I, I just think he's going to be, you know, where he is at the end of the season too. He's going to be the first team All Conference center. And uh, you know, if you had to pick the best players on the team, regardless of position, uh, he'd definitely be one of the best players on Arkansas. Me with Steve Sullivan of KATV. Thanks to Double B's here on the Jones and Son Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. So I know that's something that we've talked about, too, is just with Sam Pittman and, you know, how he addresses the media and how he addresses press conferences and everything. And this was really the first SEC media days going into it where a lot of people were talking positive about his program and positive about him. What did you make of just the job that Sam Pittman did speaking with the media as well as some of the players that were also able to speak to the media this week? Yeah, I didn't think he did. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think he's a great podium speaker, but he did pretty well. I mean, he... He reminded everyone of how good a season we had. He had some numbers there that I had to be reminded of, that how good last season was and how good things are at Arkansas. Uh, He's got the new contract. You know, he's got the coordinators back. He's got his quarterback back. He scored big in the portal. And uh, his opening speech painted a great picture for Arkansas. And you flip the, you know, the card and you look at Brian Harson. And he starts his speech by, you know, talking about the attempted coup that failed. I mean, I mean, what a way to start your media day speech and to set the tone. And, um, you know, just with Sam, there are, there's no one asking about uh, NIL or transfer portal. And uh, he's just kind of the feel-good coach of SEC media days. So we're always paying attention to what Nick Saban says. Uh, he's always the headliner of SEC Media Days, but some of the other coaches, um, you mentioned Brian Harson there. What were some of the other standouts that you heard from coaches? I thought uh, Beamer was pretty good at South Carolina, you know, and, um, you know, if it's a guy selling his program, I thought he did a great job uh, selling that program, and I, I'm interested to see how they are. You know, I think they are one of the real question marks in the conference, but, you know, they pick up Spencer Rattler and the tight end from Oklahoma. You know, how good is South Carolina going to be? And it's not really a, uh, you know, Mike Leach, uh, you know, I like this tactic of, you know, having no speech and getting questions, but I think they got 30 questions on the air raid offense, you know, when when he'd rather talk about, you know, the Netflix movie. Well, so yeah, another thing, too, that I saw you put out is talking about Sam Pittman and the uh, kind of the, the blue-collar mentality, bringing that to SEC media days. Uh, blue-collar swag, I should say, as you like to put it. But, well, when you, when you put it that way and seeing him, like, what, what does that mean and how does it fit Sam Pittman more so than what it would for other coaches that may be in the mix? Well, he's kind of, the, you know, he's the country guy, and he gets you with, he's got just a, a, a likable uh, Uncle Sam. And uh, then he'll hit you with, you know, uh, why do we get outback rings? Because I, I said we, 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 we were going to get them. You know, I mean, it's just uh, <laughs> he's got that edge to him. You know, he's got that confidence, you know, and he doesn't he's not ever shy about bragging about his team or his players. And uh, he's just got a little of that swag and he does it kind of in a, uh, a blue collar way. I mean, everything about him is, is 
is pretty much blue collar. And I mean, when when they asked him if they had arrived, I mean, he he backed that thing up. You know, he that's the last thing he wants to hear. And um, he's just a likable guy. You know, and, you know the one thing about it is too, it's it's not false confidence. It's confidence earned. I mean, you won nine games last year, and they weren't flukes. You know, you won, you earned, you got nine wins. And, and that's tough in this league with that schedule. And um, so his his swag is earned. And um, he was just, uh, he's really good. I mean, he is uh, not the ultra smooth, the podium. He was so good on the SEC now set. Um, he, he, that's one area I thought he might struggle in when he, when he came to Arkansas was, you know, in the media settings. But he has just endeared himself to everyone in the conference. I mean, you got writers from other programs calling him the most likable coach in the league. <laughs> that's not just Arkansas. That's other guys. Well, what we know about Arkansas is they're hardworking, they're grounded, but at the same time expect to win. Coach Pittman did say we're still underdogs and we haven't earned anything yet, but at the same time you expect to win games. Yeah, and you know the, the 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 key this year, and you know, and any year in the SEC is, you know, you got to do well in the fifty fifty games. And I, I caught something Coach talked about was how he's maybe learned how you don't you don't want to chase points early in an SEC game. You know, you want to just play your game and let things play out. And because I think he pointed to one game, and maybe I don't know if it was Auburn where he went for a two point conversion early, and he said it came back and really hit them at the end. And he's, you know, and you, you do a lot of uh, self study after a year like that when you lose lose games by a point or two, you know the Ole Miss game and what you could have done differently. And um, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting this season. Uh, you know, I think I think the hope when you're coach at Arkansas is that you can be com- if you can be competitive in all your games with your schedule. That's quite an accomplishment. And last year they were competitive in all but one game. And that's pretty impressive when you play Georgia and Alabama in the same season and you're competitive in all but one game. So I know we know the schedule and what it looks like, and obviously we have an idea of what these games are going to look like with rosters and coaches and everything, but is there one game that you have on the schedule that you've kind of circled as saying this is the kicker game, this could be the difference between Arkansas you know, winning nine to ten games or going six and seven wins or something like that. Like, is there is there a game that you're really going to be thinking that's the biggest game of the year for Arkansas? Well, I just think these first two weeks are huge. You know, you're at home. You know, as long as Fickle's coaching Cincinnati, they are dangerous. You know, and they recruit a lot like Arkansas. They're, they're not a mid-major. They get big-time portal guys. You know, and Fickle wouldn't stick around if they didn't have talent there. And then, I, and then South Carolina is that wild card. We don't know how good they are, you know. And what if Rattler comes out hot in week one, and you know, and they they come with a little momentum? I think you get out two and zero on what I'm calling. They're not fifty fifty games at at Reynolds Razorback Stadium. They're probably sixty forty games. Arkansas, you get out with those two wins. I'm going to feel really good about this team. A game that's really intriguing is deeper into the schedule. You mentioned starting off with a couple of games and then you get in the conference play, but then you have to step out of conference and play BYU on the road. So that's one that's really intriguing to the schedule, and it could be one of those 50-50 swing-type games that could go either way. Yeah, I'm hoping by that time in the year 
that we're so such a rock'em sock'em running team that we, we can go out there and just keep the ball on the ground and, and run through BYU. You know, and uh, that's just in a horrible spot. And it's traveling all the way out there. I mean, it's a <laughs> it's not an easy get for Arkansas. That 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 makes these two non conference games. Uh, and then Liberty, you know, has played well under you freeze, and they get players they probably shouldn't get. And then you got Bobby Petrino with Missouri State, who's turned them into one of the best FCS teams. So it's a it's it's a it's a brutal schedule this year when you look at the non non conference. And South Carolina is not a gimme, you know, your team from the East, not Georgia, but it's not a gimme. But this schedule is every bit as hard as last year's was. So I want to shift it a little bit and ask you about Razorback baseball because I know you've been on social media talking about a lot of the guys that uh, not only are coming back but also the guys that uh, have committed to Arkansas and then you got the guys that are moving on through the MLB draft. Just what do you uh, think overall and do you think that there's any of these other Razorbacks that got drafted that may consider coming back for another year? No, I, I, you know, I, I'm going by Dave Van Horn's word where he said, if you were drafted, you're probably going to sign because each team only has 20 picks and they need to fill their minor league rosters. So they're actually dealing with these kids prior to when they pick them, and the deal is already made. And uh, I was surprised, you know, in a good way, a kid like that, Jason Jones from uh, Texas, the big third baseman, 6'2", 200 pounds, um, was supposed to be a top 100 pick. And apparently his dad said a number that was so high that no one picked him. And um, and he's like a Peyton Stovall guy, a very highly rated high school guy that's going to be coming to Arkansas. And I think the big X factor next next season is going to be um, all these these ten junior college guys they signed. You know, do they have two or three just hits in that group? You know, and I think it was worth taking a chance. And it, and believe me, no one's signing these days. Not not a team of the caliber of Arkansas that many junior college players. So I guess you're of the belief that Connor Nolan is one of those guys that's gone too, because it seemed like uh, I know you talk about guys getting drafted and moving on, but uh, he's one of the ones that people kept thinking, oh, he could come back. But it'd almost be at this point, Sully, that if he came back, it, it wouldn't make too much sense, especially with how much value you can get at that spot he got drafted in. Yeah, and he's older too. If he if he wants to play pro ball, he's probably got to go now. And. Um... You know, that's, and, and could he, you know, I know he loves college and had a great end of the season, but he, boy, he really goes into his pro career with momentum. And um, it's just a matter of what, what's his, what's, what are his life goals? Does he want to play or try pro ball or does he just, you know, want to have a great college career and be a great Razorback and move on? Well, Sully, man, we appreciate you joining us as always, man. It's great to talk with you. I know there's a lot of fun stuff going on in Arkansas land, too. But enjoy the weekend. Try to stay cool out there, man. We'll be catching up with you next Friday. All right. Love you guys. You guys have a great day. You too. Thanks, Sully. Appreciate it, Sully. Again, that was Steve Sullivan of KATV joining us. Thanks to Double B's on the Jones & Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. And, uh, yeah, a lot of things going on. You know, raise your back.